You're listening to episode 190 of the Mad Chatters podcast, May 23rd, 2018. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. I'm Derek, and I'm joined by my fellow chatters, Matthew, Laurel, <laughs> and Jeremy. Uh, our long national nightmare is over. Prohibition has ended. The wine is now flowing free in the Magic Kingdom. Oh. Are you referring to Wine Bar George or Crystal Palace? Uh, I just saw, saw all the news this past week on, on the Instagram, uh, or not on the Instagram, on the on the Twitter. Uh, people were all abuzzed. That, that, abuzzed? Uh, <laughs> Did you mean to <laughs> no, say that? <laughs> no, not intended there, no. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention it last week, but I guess we can say it now that uh, along with Be Our Guest, uh, Crystal Palace... Tony's, Liberty's, Liberty Tree Tavern, the other sit-down restaurants are now offering alcohol as well. So, Well, it's funny to me. People have opinions, and opinions are like butts. Some are bigger than others, and they all stink. But the point being, <laughs> um, I, there was an individual some years ago who is a teetotaler, and that's fine if that's your, your, your opinion. Um, but they made the statement, Walt Disney himself would be so upset that they were selling alcohol in, in his parks. And uh, I just made the comment, you know, that Walt himself actually put Club 33 in the park. And that had the purpose of selling alcohol and, and having alcohol for sale. So Walt Disney was not a teetotaler. Uh, but I do understand the sentiment that he wanted to design a place where he didn't have to worry about drunken raucous people um and for the most part security does a pretty good job of controlling that now there are always the the few idiots around epcot in particular who overindulge but you know for the most part people enjoy a glass of wine with their dinner and if you're spending 50 bucks for for a nice meal uh you know i don't see anything wrong with that personally well and to be fair disneyland proper still is alcohol free other than club 33 and Magic Kingdom is very different from Epcot in the sense that you can't just walk up to a kiosk, get a plastic cup of alcohol, yeah. and then walk around as you drink it. Or so. you can be like me and sneak it in. I mean... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We need to move on. Okay, so before we officially start the episode, I do want to bring up something interesting that uh, popped up in the news this week. The Themed Entertainment Association, TEA, released their annual theme index global attractions attendance report. So every year they release the numbers of worldwide theme parks, how they did attendance-wise, etc. And most notably this year, as they released the numbers from 2017, Animal Kingdom is now, well was in that year, the third most attended theme park in the U.S. behind Magic Kingdom at number one and Disneyland at number two, which means for the first time ever, it has beat out Epcot. Wow. And, and rightfully so. 
Um, no offense to Epcot, I'm gonna let you finish. But uh, Animal Kingdom is the best park in the United States. I have said that for the last six months, and I will continue to say that because overall quality, what you're getting for your dollar and a day's worth of entertainment, it is phenomenal. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure Pandora has a lot to do with these numbers increases. But I'm sorry, I know Rivers of Light has haters. It's a wonderful nighttime show. Now you have a reason to stay in Animal Kingdom past 5 p.m. There's plenty of other uh, entertainment available as well to make your day full. It's a wonderful park. It deserves to be number three. I'm not going to say it's better than Disneyland Park and the Magic Kingdom because those are kind of sacred cows. But it definitely is the third best Disney park of the five, or excuse me, of the six in the United States. Rivers of Light, I mean, that's it's all a 15% increase. It was because of Rivers of Light. I know it. I, I hear that sarcasm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it only had, so it had 12.5 million visitors over the year 2017. 12.5. Epcot had 12.2 million. Uh, so it just barely beat it. But I think it is pretty significant that it surpassed Epcot. Now, Hollywood Studios, I wonder if after Toy Story Land this year, and especially Star Wars Land next year, if it will be number two behind Magic Kingdom. I don't know. I, I, I think that it probably will. Of course, you know, it's opening at Disneyland as well, so that's going to see numbers increase there uh, as far as the Star Wars Land being the draw. Hollywood Studios will bounce back once everything opens up there. Epcot will bounce back. You're going to see some numbers with the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, ride opening. That's going to bring people in. And then whatever else they're, they're you know, uh, the Ratatouille, you know, there's, there's going to be some fresh things in Epcot. So I don't think Animal Kingdom will stand at number three for the next decade, but I'm saying in its current condition compared to the other parks, as of 2018, it absolutely deserves that spot. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I was really excited when I saw that report. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, and next year we'll see where the numbers lie. Well, I think it's important, too, to notice that uh, Universal and Islands of Adventure's numbers, this is really the first year that they have seen uh, a stagnant increase. I mean, they still increased a little bit, but it's not nearly what they've seen over the last few years with the Harry Potter expansions. Uh, so... You know, they're, they're going to be due for something new and exciting that's not Fast and Furious or Jimmy Fallon in the near future. Yeah, speaking of Universal, the most fascinating thing from this list to me, I'm looking at the worldwide numbers. The 25th most attended park was Universal Studios Singapore. Had no idea there was a Universal Sing Studios Singapore. <laughs> yeah, there is. Me either. Wow. Yeah. Walt Disney Studios Park, Matt's favorite park in Paris, <laughs> was the 22nd most visited. visited so, mm. Anyway. All right, well, enough about numbers and attendance and all that jazz. Let's play a game. Thank you, Steve. Uh, today I have a game for you called 
the Disney dialect. As you know, the Disney Parks blog, the official Disney website, has a certain way of wording things. They like little cutesy phrases, and they especially love the phrase, shrunk down to the size of a toy. So what I've done is gone to the official Disney website and looked at individual pages of attractions and have written down a few phrases that the website has used to describe these things. And after I read a phrase, I want you to guess the attraction it's describing. Understand? Yeah. Okay, so a few parameters. These do not include restaurants or hotels, but pretty much anything else goes. So it could be attractions, entertainment of some form, some shows, things like that. What's going to happen is I'll read one sentence to the first person for four points. If that person cannot guess it, I'll go to the next person for three points, two points, one point, and then that's all the statements I have. So they do get a little more obvious as I go. Make sense? Okay. Yes. Ready, boss. All right. Pick a number between one and 86 to see who goes first. Matt. Uh, 52. Jeremy. 51. Wow. It was 49. Woo-hoo! Which means, Jeremy, you get to go first. All right, here is the first clue. Tell me what attraction, show, etc. is being described. Today, some incarnation of the attraction exists at every Disney theme park around the world. What is, it's a small world. That's incorrect. Matt, the next clue, same, same thing being described. <laughs> it's a crazy contraption. What? Read the, read the first one and that one together. Today, some incarnation of the attraction exists at every Disney theme park around the world. It's a crazy contraption. Well, that threw me off. It's a crazy contraption. Some incarnation. Oh, Lord. I'm going to say the uh, Mad Tea Party. Wow. For three points, that is correct. Okay, good. Very good. All right, Matt, we come to you. The first clue says, This production features some of the beloved vocal talents from the hit film. Of course it does. This Now say it again. This production features some of the beloved vocal talents from the hit film. Um, how about the Frozen sing-along? Good guess, but that's incorrect. Jeremy, for three points. This was the first time that a stage show opened the same day as the movie that inspired it. What is Beauty and the Beast live on stage? That is correct. Tie game. All right, Jeremy, first clue. In the grand Disney tradition, Imagineers pulled out all the stops to make fantasy reality. Ooh. Um. What is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Nope. Matthew? Spectacular digital projection technology lifts the sensation to incredible heights. Um... Happily Ever After? No. 
for two points, Jeremy, strap yourselves in for this epic reimagining of a beloved future world attraction. Uh, what is Test Track? Nope. And for one point, Matt, depart on a journey through the sky, flying high from one extraordinary landmark to the oh. next. Oh, Soren? Around the world? Yes. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, formal protest. Yeah. Classic future TV. world attraction? Beloved. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the classics from 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of those are going away, so. Yeah, that's this true. Point. It was a simpler time. We had just invaded Iraq. Two years before that. You always say that. that's all you should go to. <laughs> Anything remotely close to 2003. I was rocking a perm and bell bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt, we're back to you. Experience a menagerie of kooky adventures. A menagerie. That's a Disney Parks blog buzzword if I've ever heard one. Yeah, menagerie shrunk down. Uh, <laughs> You've been shrunk I would say a kooky, buzz. though. Kooky. Of a menagerie. I'm just going to go for Muppet Vision 3D. No, but good guess. Jeremy, glide and bounce and swirl through some of the most popular scenes and settings. Uh, Winnie the Pooh? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> it's a menagerie of kooky adventures. All right, uh, Jeremy, that means we're back to you. Go under the sea without getting wet. Uh, what is, oh, what is the Little Mermaid attraction? Um, <laughs> no, that's not right. Oh. Uh, okay. Matt, your underwater adventure comes to a magical, musical crescendo. Uh, i got two options, but I'm just going to go for the most obvious and cross my fingers. Uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid. No, that's not... Seriously? Seriously. Jeremy, descend below the waves into a big blue world. Death to this. Well, now, hold on. It could be the musical or it could be the attraction. Um, I'm going to go Finding Nemo the musical. That's incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you guys would have it by now, but okay. I'm going to go with... Go ahead. Give me your last one. Boards or clamshell for this? Yeah. <laughs> no, good guess, but no. Afterward, mingle with even more marine life. Oh, the seas with Nemo and friends. That is correct. I'll take my one point. Yeah, it's six to five. So close. All right, Matt, back to you. Get pulled into the magic and become part of the Hollywood that never was and always will be. Uh, okay, so... Give me the categories this could be again. Attractions and live shows. Entertainment. Yeah. Oh, no. He made uh, it a point to remind you of entertainment right there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, it's in the official description so of the game today. Um, say it one more time. Get pulled into the magic and become part of the Hollywood that never was and always will be. Um, uh, Citizens of Hollywood. Very good. That's impressive. 
Well, there's nothing actually you're like pulled into anymore over there. That's true. Black <laughs> gaping hole that is Hollywood Studios. No, it's the cornhole. Yeah. <laughs> what? It's the cornhole game going on out in the back. Jeremy, back to you. Nearby, hanging warrior shields, ancient statues, and woven bamboo fixtures echo a mysterious story of ancient traditions. Oh. Say, say that again? Nearby, hanging warrior shields, ancient statues, and woven bamboo fix- fixtures echo a mysterious story of ancient traditions. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, it's not Pangori uh, or Pan- Pangiri. Uh, it's the other one. It's... Um, Ma- Mahatma Mahatma Gandhi Mahasha <laughs> The one that starts with an M Jungle Trek Maharaja <laughs> <laughs> Yes uh, No, that's not correct oh, Matthew, for three points Enjoy the magic of audio animatronics technology created especially for this classic attraction uh, uh, What is the uh, Enchanted Tiki Room? That's correct I, didn't, I keep answering with a question I mean, we don't even have to. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Well, Jeremy <laughs> kept doing it. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> That's a different game we play on this show. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matt, back to you, I guess. Spin around. This I hate this line, but I love it for this game. Spin around and feel a cool breeze brush across your face. <laughs> what is the Dizzy Bat Race? Uh <laughs> 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 Which is also featured at Hollywood Studios now, I believe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Lord, there's tons of things. Uh, let's just start. Primeval Whirl. No. Your favorite. Uh, Jeremy, for three points. Spin around, up, and down to joyous music. Uh, what is Dumbo? No, not Dumbo. <laughs> Matt. Gallop through a whirling background of color and sound. Oh, uh, can I just say the carousel, Prince Prince Charming Regal, Regal Carousel? Yeah, that's it. I was gonna give you carousel, but you got it. Actually, it's Prince Charles, I believe. If you <laughs> yeah, Prince Charles. Uh, yes, it's super classic. I'm a wanker. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Uh, this goes back to you. Strap yourself in and gently glide up a 90-foot knoll. K-N-O-L-L. Ooh, like the grassy knoll. To shoot JFK. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the only, let's see, a knoll. A nice 90-foot knoll. Ooh, who uses that word in the Walt Disney World? Um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. <laughs> nope. Matt, during your voyage, bob up and down and gently spin. <laughs> a ninety-foot knoll, and and what was this? And bob up and down, spinning, and, and gently spin, and gently spin, gently now, gently. <laughs> I don't know where there's a ninety foot knoll. That's what I'm wondering. And where do you where are you spending on a knoll? Sounds like something that isn't real. 
Very good. This was a trick question that I put in there. <laughs> I'd almost believe it. Um, you are spinning gently. On a knoll. We've established that. You have to give me a second on that one. How <laughs> long do I have? I've given you a few. Um... All right, that is time. Jeremy, we're back to you. Wait, I get a guess. Okay, guess. Splash Mountain. No, not Splash. I was like, if he got it, I would be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, for two points. During your expedition, you'll notice a startling change in the scenic forest beauty you encounter. Um, Is it Kali River Rapids? It is. Very good. That was might, very I don't know about no knoll. I wouldn't think of knoll when I think of Kai River Rapids. Knoll sounds like it's a grassy it's a grassy mound. Yeah, that is a weird word. But you gently glide up it and then you gently spin. And then you notice a change in your surroundings, <laughs> namely that it becomes uh, choppy. Yeah, exactly. They want you to know it starts out gentle. Okay. Yeah. So that means we are back to Matt. Maneuver a rocket-like, a rocket-like spacecraft into the farthest reaches of space and back. Astro orbiter. Yeah, very good. See, it's very deceptive because he wouldn't put that low-hanging fruit on the first one to make you think, oh, space, space mountain, or mission space. But you don't maneuver space mountain. You maneuver astro orbiter. See, I'm smart. And also, um, a lot of these I had to include obvious lines because, like, there are so many attractions I couldn't use because every single line, like, named a character from the movie or something like that. Anyway. Uh, Jeremy, we're back to you for four points. Behold the past, present, and future of Earth. Uh, oh. Uh, Spaceship Earth. Nope. Uh, Matt? Our individual stories culminate in one adventurous tale. Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Yeah, very good. That was going to be my next guess. Ah, man. Don't even need all these clues. All right, uh, Matt. Travel to all seven continents. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. It's a small world. Oh my word! <laughs> Very good. Well, I mean, in in his defense, what else is there that we would travel all seven? Yeah. Well, world showcase. And I guess you've already done soaring around the world, which I know doesn't go to all seven, but okay, you're right. Uh, Jeremy, be swept away to a land where beauty abounds and fairy tales were born. Oh, I guess I could be like Matt and start complaining that he got all the easy ones. Um, (laughs) uh, Where fairy tales are born and... Oh, Lord. Um, Enchanted Tales of Belle. Nope, but good guess. Matt, ride along... Nope. Ignore that. Uh, the next one. Be transported to another time and place, a land of princesses and enchanted castles. 
Um, uh, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say Cinderella Castle. Uh, a great guess, but that is <laughs> not. Thank you. <laughs> I just hadn't thought of that, but that's good. Uh, Jeremy for two points. Ride along with horsemen and hunting dogs. Horsemen and hunting dogs. <laughs> yep. Oh my! Where am I riding with horsemen and hunting dogs at? Um. So someone's lost because no, someone's hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Who hunts? Maybe they're hunting lost people. I mean. Uh, I know this is like my go-to for <laughs> all of my random guesses, but Seven Dwarves my turn? <laughs> no, that's not correct. It's the other attraction with horsemen and hunting dogs. Uh, and for one point, Matt, enjoy this 18-minute film showcasing the grander, grandeur, is that, how do you even say that word? Grandeur. Grandeur, thank you. Grandeur, hello. Grandeur, charm, and romance of one of Europe's most enchanting countries. Okay, um, there's only two of them, right? Two two films, but which one is it? I'm just gonna say Impressions de France. That is correct. Which, listen, I like that film, but this page really oversells that thing. <laughs> yeah, ride along, especially. <laughs> yeah, be swept away. Um, all right, Matt. I guess we're back to you. Targets light up and make sounds when successfully hit. I'm going to actually go with the Frontierland Shooting Arcade. Oh my word, I hate you. Unbelievable. I, I'm smelling a rat here. <laughs> it was, it was, no, no, no. I, honestly, it was too simplistic of a description for the others. That the targets just light up and make sounds. It's like, yeah, they wouldn't say that about like Toy Story or... Buzz. One of my favorite clues was uh, utilizing safe infrared technology. <laughs> yeah. Blast no a bevy. <laughs> okay, Jeremy. It's a fast-moving show that gets you cheering. Well, using that logic that Matt used, that means it's a slow-moving show that doesn't make <laughs> So I'm going to go with Carousel of Progress. No. Can you imagine... If they put, it's a fast-moving show that gets you cheering. <laughs> Even I, who I love that attraction, I'd be like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Uh, for three points, Matt, from the opening number to the end, you're in for a variety of thrilling entertainment. I mean, this could be applied to every show. But it's not. From the opening number to the end, you're in for a variety of thrilling Entertainment. Um, the um, Mickey's uh, Friendship Fair thing, Royal Friendship Fair. No, Jeremy. Audio animatronic characters perform on enormous moving stages. The American Adventure. No, and for one point, Matt, as the lights dim. The wind gently rushes, and the sounds of the jungle come to life. Oh, as a, fe a festival, the Lion King. That is great. 
animatronics throws me off a little bit, but there are a few, I guess. There are, on enormous moving stages. A lot yeah. of people don't realize all those stilt walkers and dancers are all the animatronics. <laughs> That's right. Some of the best in the park. It's great. You come a long way. <laughs> Shaman who? All right. Matt. The, <laughs> you're going to hate me. The show is a crowd pleaser. <laughs> the show is a crowd pleaser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantasmic. Ooh. That's not correct, but great guess. Thank you. Jeremy, stop by to be entertained with a, right, a wide variety of tunes. Stop by to be entertained with a wide variety of tunes. Spell tunes. T-U-N-E-S. <laughs> <laughs> a wide variety of tunes. Stop by. Mickey's Philharmagic. No. Unbelievable. Matt, when folks start to gather around, don't be surprised if they join in at the top of their lungs. Can you say all the other ones again? It's a crowd pleaser. Okay. Stop by to be entertained with a wide variety of tunes. When folks start to gather around, don't be surprised if they join in at the top of their lungs. They're gathering. The show's a crowd pleaser. And the people gather around and sing at the top of their lungs. Where do people sing? I don't... I have no idea. That Frontierland madness that happens. The shooting arcade? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Uh, and for one point, Jeremy, you may hear a few zany jokes, too. My hint for this is this page is the biggest load of bullcrap I've ever seen on the Disney website. <laughs> uh, Zany jokes, people hollering. People gathering around and hollering. It's like the jammeters. <laughs> um, let's see. People gather and holler and they're having a good time. Church. Derek Derek thinks it's bullcrap. Uh, Church. It's the chapel <laughs> on site. Yes. It's, um... Lord, the Country Bear Jamboree. No. It is the Casey's Corner Pianist. Oh, my gosh. There's, <laughs> get out of here. This, get, we're, we're done. We're done. <laughs> no, there is one more. But I have to say, I've never seen anyone gathered around. I've never heard him talk, let alone tell a zany joke. Just like, come on. Zany. And the last one, Jeremy, we're back to you. Marvel at the strength and stamina. Marvel at the strength and stamina. Um, Lord, who is strong? Marvel seems a little too on the nose there, so I'm not going to be misled by that. <laughs> um... Somebody strong. Hercules. Hercules was in Greece. Greece lightning. Lightning bolt. Bolt was a dog. Dog <laughs> bark. Barking trees. Tree of life. It's a bug. It's tough to be a bug. That's not correct, but that was a fascinating little trail you went down. Yeah. Matt, for three points, keep your ear out for their powerful sound. 
marvel at the strength and stamina and keep your ear out for their powerful sound. Ah, uh, what, um, yellow, yellow dog, big tree, the drummers in, uh, Kakugori, what is it? What are they called? The drummers in Japan. Yes. <laughs> and their name is Matsuritsa. Matsuritsa. Machu I, I just have to laugh, because when Jeremy went down his trail, at one point he said, Barking Tree. And I'm like, that <laughs> oh, that's totally great. sounds like a song that they would play. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. By the way, you could have literally said, we are in Japan every single day, and I never would have said the drummers. <laughs> well, the next one said something about uh, their beats get faster and their moves intensify. But anyway. Oh. All right, final score. Jeremy with eight points, and Matt with 40. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's tight. I did get the easy ones. I'll give you that. Oh, wait. I'm wrong. 35. Okay. Oh, well, that eases the, the soothe, you know, soothes oh, the burn. totally. 35 to 8? Yeah. So close. All right. Take us out, Steve. Congratulations, Matthew! You have won this match at our game! Join us next time. Same Manchester podcast. Same Manchester. All right, get out those mobile devices because it's time for another Disney hashtag. That noise means we want you to tweet along with us. This week we're doing hashtag Disney bands. This is when we're going to take a uh, pop, rock, country, whatever kind of devil's music you listen to band, and we're going to Disneyfy it. So you guys ready? You guys, these are so stupid, but yes, I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> here's my thing. I have found that when they're stupid, that doesn't mean they're not funny. You just gotta move on quickly. Don't you have to say them it. like you know they're stupid and you're not <laughs> expecting anyone to laugh. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's called comedy. All right, yep. uh, let, let's just go around the horn. All right. Derek, you start us and we'll just boom, boom, boom. Good, I'm glad because this is the most obvious one in my opinion. Beauty and the Beastie Boys. Matt, you can go after Derek. Um, lost Backstreet Boys. Impressions de Franz Ferdinand. ACDC 3PO. Uh, that's good. Uh, ACDVC. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, spaceship Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, nice. Guns and Briar Roses. I did that one. Oh, nice. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no, I will not. Won't you share another one of your 20? Okay, I do have a lot. Blackbeard Sabbath. <laughs> uh, Hanson of the Southern Isles instead of Hans I had I had Hanson uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's better I want Hanson <laughs> uh, Al 
Alice in Wonderland chains. Uh, the band Perry the Platypus. Nice. Yeah. Imagine reluctant dragons. Oh, that's terrific. Okay, this next one's a thinker. Stay with me. Me, Rida. <laughs> me, Rida? Because Flo Rida is Florida. So, me, Rida is Merida. Uh-uh. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's as stupid as the name Flow Rida. Yeah, yeah. Alright, moving on quickly. The Flow Rida Project. How's that? <laughs> that one I like. Okay, this is from Sleeping Beauty. Make it Pink Floyd. <laughs> Twisted Stepsisters. Ooh, nice. R E M I C K E Y M O U S E. Pascal Flats. Uh. <laughs> the Cheshire Cat Dolls. Instead of Pussycat. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, this one I hope makes sense. I gotta say it the right way. Hootie and that blowfish blow! <laughs> the Blizzard Beach Boys. Okay, when do you go? Arrow John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad because he probably got shot with arrows. Uh, uh, this is my last one. Five seconds of big summer blowout. Nice. <laughs> uh, panic at the Disco Yeti. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Little Big Town, Quiet Village. Such <laughs> 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 a long name. Yeah. Uh, going back to Matt's Lost Boys one, I had Lost Boys to Men. Lost Boys oh, to Men, good. no. Huey Lewis and the Newsies. Mm. And then finally, The Rolling Infinity Stones. That's oh, relevant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> topical. <laughs> To end on the best one of the night, Blues Brother Bear. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. One memory almost every person takes home with them after a Disney vacation involves standing in a Disney park and looking up at the fireworks that are illuminating the sky. Disney fireworks are like this epic grand finale to the most magical day, and they have been almost since the beginning. And on this week's show, we're going to talk specifically about the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World and look back at the park's rich history with fireworks spectaculars. And as we go, we'll be sure to mention uh, some of our personal favorite firework moments and talk about what it is that makes Disney fireworks so special in Walt Disney World. Uh, so Jeremy, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Let's go all the way back to the beginning and talk about uh, how fireworks started at the Magic Kingdom. Well, the fireworks tradition in Walt Disney Parks 
uh, initially began when Walt Disney himself in the late 50s, just a few years after Disneyland opened, wanted to have some sort of uh, attraction in the evening time that would keep people in the parks and give them a reason to stay after dark. And so uh, he started fireworks at, uh, at Disneyland. And uh, one thing I was reading said that they actually just hired some cast members that set them off in the parks themselves. So I'm picturing like some bottle rockets and uh, Roman candles being held <laughs> up and just, <laughs> you know, kind of, ooh. But um, anywho, the, then there came out of that the Fantasy in the Sky. And Fantasy in the Sky originally opened in uh, 1958 in Disneyland, and it's had several different sort of reincarnations. It closed for a time, get revamped, reopen. Um, in fact, it just opened again at Disneyland in September of 2016 and closed in January of 2017. But in the Magic Kingdom, it opened with the park, uh, opening date of 1971 at the Magic Kingdom. And we thought Wishes stayed around for a while. This uh, fireworks show lasted until 2003 when wishes took over um so that's over 30 years that you know fantasy in the sky was 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 showing nightly at the magic kingdom that's a long time for an attraction yeah it really is i, I yeah i'd read reports of how like one of the reasons they decide to finally change it is because people who had been to the parks multiple times kind of just stopped going to the fireworks because it's like and we've seen them yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the show here in a minute, but uh, to me, I, I, I listened to the soundtrack today of Fantasy in the Sky in preparation for the show, and I'd heard it before, but I wanted to give it a fresh take. To me, it doesn't have the heart that Wishes has at all. I mean, Wishes really builds on your emotions, and, and I'm sure that there's emotional attachment for people who grew up going to Walt Disney World to see it, but from... A fresh perspective. Uh, Wishes definitely has way more of an emotional, heart-wrenching sort of uh, mood and twist to it than Fantasy in the Sky. Fantasy in the Sky is really just a combination of, of Disney songs. Yeah. Well, then, now, like you said, there were different variations of Fantasy in the Sky throughout the years. Like, when the first soundtrack I listened to had A Whole New World and, like, under the sea and stuff. So I realized that there had to have been an earlier version than that. And sure enough, there was. So it wasn't always the same. I was going to say the soundtracks changed pretty often, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was always like a six or seven minute show. Yeah. But they, every five years or so it would get a new medley of songs. Uh, but one thing I, two things I really liked about it. A is it had, songs from attractions so like grim greening ghost was part of it a pirate's life for me i think it's a small world which i always like that about the disneyland fireworks remember dreams come true i like that it focused on the parks because you're in a park so yeah the movies hold a special place in like nostalgia in your heart but i kind of like that it focused on the place where you are and another thing i liked is that the mickey mouse march in some of the versions was part of it and you just don't see Mickey very often in nighttime shows of any kind other than Fantasmic. So I kind of like that as well. That's very yeah. true. Very, very true. Um, yeah, so this show, uh, when it opened, it had, like you said, the Mickey Mouse March was a part of it. Hi-Ho from Snow White being a part of it. 
Um, a lot of Peter Pan and Pinocchio, <laughs> I noticed. So there's a lot of You Can Fly, The Second Star to the Right, um, When You Wish Upon a Star, and... Uh, I've Got No Strings was in a few of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's what you're thinking, but the the last one, the last version of this before it went away had I've Got No Strings, which really surprised me because you just don't hear that a lot these days. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a special 25th anniversary version that played in the park as well. And uh, the updated version opened with When You Wish Upon a Star, which kind of set the standard of what a nighttime show in the Magic Kingdom was going to have, um, that that was kind of going to be the the flag bearer, if you would. And then that continued on into Wishes. The difference with the nighttime or the 25th anniversary is that it, uh, the encore was Remember the Magic, if you remember that song, which I believe was sung by Leanne Rhymes. Uh, no, uh, Brian, Mc- Brian McKnight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is the one that Leanne Rhymes sang then? Yes. What was that called? That was the two, that was the Disneyland's uh, 50th. Yeah. Um, do you remember the Magic Nation? <laughs> How did, what was that called? It was like, remember me or something like that. Remember the first time I heard it was when Matt made that. Called c- Remember When. That was it. Well, I was just going to say, Matt made that CD for us that had it on it. And that was the first time I ever heard it. And then, Jeremy, when you and I went to Disneyland and saw Remember Dreams Come True, except we were sitting over there in our seats for Fantasmic, but we got to hear the soundtrack, and it played that song at the end, and I was like, oh, this is what that song is from. I see. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there also was variations with various park music in it, as Derek mentioned before. Uh, even things such as Grim Gritting Ghost, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, and the Ballad of Davy Crockett, which is not necessarily Ballad. theme park tied, but uh, it is movie based. But when we think of it now, we think of it kind of around Frontierland. Yeah. Um, there was also a special version for uh, New Year's Eve, so they would modify the modify the show for New Year's Eve, and that just included the countdown to New Year, hosted by Mickey, and then it would end with Auld Lang Sing. Same. Auld Lang Syne. Zine. Yeah. Yeah, again, Mickey being part of it. I love that. And I think that still played, like, I think that just played at the most recent New Year's Eve, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they've done that same, they still call it Fantasy in the Sky with the New Year's, New Year's Eve celebration or whatever. Yeah, I think that's so strange because do they not do Happily Ever After? Like, that's one of the most crowded days of the year is New Year's Eve, and they forego their big expensive extravagant nighttime show with this like seven minute fantasy in the sky that has a mickey mouse counting down tag some of those folks listen i, I think they probably some of those folks some of the shows they uh, i think they tag it on there like a finale and they really blow it out at the end yeah yeah yeah. in a good way <laughs> one of the things i love about the 25th like don't forget the cake at that point was the cat or the castle was the cake so yeah. not only are you getting a brand new show that has the Remember the Magic tag at the end, the big finale, but like you're seeing it with this cake as the, the sort of backdrop or the foredrop, I guess, the foreground. So kind of epic. Did you say foredrop? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the word? The That's I'm, a great, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one though. Foreground. So, so many websites use background or the backdrop, but it's not really the backdrop. It's not. More like the foreground, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. 
anyway. Have we talked about that yet? What? The placement of the fireworks. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Where do they shoot these from? It well, is a mile directly behind Cinderella Castle. And I was pulling this up today. If you look at the Magic Kingdom... It's actually it's actually not a full mile. I mean, I, it's it's not a, uh, it's not as far back as what you think. Uh, on Google Maps. It, yeah, on Google Maps, I was looking at it. You can see. I mean, it is directly behind the Magic Kingdom, almost um, center on of uh, Cinderella Castle. But it's not as far back as what you think. Um, I'd say maybe a quarter Are mile. Are you looking at that black square? Because that's water. No, it's next to the black square. Yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's clearly like a launching pad. Like there's a, you see that if you're looking on Google Maps, you can go directly behind the Magic Kingdom to the north. You're, you see Floridian Way and it, yeah, it's that little, uh, that little chunk of, I guess like a half mile. I remember a mile being in there somewhere, quarter mile, half mile. Yeah, so you can kind of see here on this picture, the park ends right there. There's the railroad track and everything. And then, so it's not too far back there. Um... And and that's like the main the main place. That's not. Uh... We should drive back there during a fireworks show. <gasps> yeah. I wonder if well, they I'm close to, it off. I'm willing to bet they close it off. And then you know, as far as where the peripheral uh, stands are as well, I'm not totally sure about that because you know some of the shows, including Happily Ever After, correct, have peripheral fireworks. Uh, yeah. Well, the the fourth, not Happily Ever After, but um. In just a second, I'll get to the 4th of July show. Um, but I do remember talking about this because, Matt, you mentioned how it's funny when people who are standing behind the castle in Fantasyland are looking towards the castle, and then as soon as the fireworks start, they're like, oh, oh, they're back there. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's, well, it's, it's, it's especially enjoyable when the people have drug out all the chairs from Friars Nook in place, and I'm like, why are they even letting them do this? And I think it's just for the pure entertainment. On the cast members' part, like just getting to see that every night that people think that they've beat the system, and then nope, you don't get the castle after all. It's like, dang. Yeah. So back to your point about the peripheral or like the perimeter fireworks. These are 360 degrees. As far as I know, the first time this happened was with the Fourth of July presentation, which is still called, I believe, fan or it was for a time. It's not anymore. But it was called Fantasy in the Sky, but it had like a 4th of July overlay, if you will. And it played like This Land is Your Land and Yankee Doodle Day or Yankee Doodle and You're a Grand Old Flag. Um, they had this little special segment that said the Magic Kingdom honors the men and women of the armed forces. And that is when all around you, like behind you over the Seven Seas Lagoon, there were these huge bursts. Yeah. Which is something Disneyland couldn't really do since it's in the middle of a city. So for Disney World to be able to do this, I mean, that's awesome. I think that's such a great thing that they do. And I wish every fireworks display could use that. Yeah. Totally. So so the main the main fireworks are shot, like we said, they're behind the Magic Kingdom. Uh, it's a closed area, not accessible in the park. A lot of people think it's like right behind the castle. Uh, there are fireworks that go off in the park, though, uh, if you happen to be standing behind the castle, where Matt said everybody kind of congregates there, there are fireworks that do shoot off from that perspective. Um, and you may notice that in some of the shows that uh, they go off right there by the castle. I remember in, what was it, in the Halloween show has the pinwheels that turn, yeah, I believe. Yeah. I think you're right. 
So, and, and even like the Daily Stage Show has fireworks that shoot off from it at the end of that production. And if you are back there and they won't let you get too close, I think they close it off right at the carousel, if I remember correctly. And you'll notice that they run water as well all over the rooftops of those buildings, just in case a wayward spark happens to uh, land in a place that it shouldn't land, just as a precaution. Uh, so... That's kind of the main places that the fireworks are sent off from. Yeah, I, I can picture like walking back by the carousel right after a fireworks show, and it looks like it just poured down rain in Fantasyland. Yeah. yeah. Um, another interesting fact that I was reading about fireworks today is that Disney does not use um, gunpowder to set off their fireworks. Like your local 4th of July show probably uses to shoot off their fireworks or that come in the packages for the fireworks you would buy at a tent. Instead, they use compressed air. And there's two reasons for that, according to what I was reading. One is because compressed air can shoot the fireworks higher. So you got to imagine, you know, probably from Main Street to where they shoot the fireworks might be close to a mile long. Uh, you got to get that firework up pretty high in order it for it to give the illusion that you want it to have to the common eye there on Main Street with the castle. Um, so they're, they're sending those things up pretty high in the sky, uh, so the compressed air helps them with that. But also the compressed air doesn't have the byproduct of uh, a smell that gunpowder would have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had I'd never really thought about the fact that they are super high because, I mean, if, if it were right at the castle... Like, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say, but because of perspective, they're actually much higher than they look because they're being shot so far back from yeah. the castle. You know what I mean? That's in I've never thought of that. But they're even higher than they seem to be. Objects in mirror are higher than they appear to be. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, it's also interesting to me that, you know, with Disneyland, since it, they started doing fireworks a few years after it opened, they still have a problem where they have to close several attractions in Fantasyland and Toontown and stuff because the fireworks are being shot at that time. But I guess when they built the Magic Kingdom, they could kind of accommodate for that and they probably built where you're talking about, behind the park, at the same time they built the park. So that's kind of a nice benefit of this. Yep. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, that was Fantasy in the Sky. Like Jeremy said, it lasted until 2003. At least different variations of it did. And it still comes back for New Year's Eve, and like Jeremy said, over at Disneyland, it came back for a short time when all of the 60th anniversary stuff ended. So people still, I guess, have an attachment to the show, and that's why they bring it back. Also, it costs a lot less money, so I'm guessing that's another reason it's easy for Disney to say, hey, let's bring back Fantasy in the Sky. But in 2000, Disneyland got a new fireworks show for its 45th anniversary called Believe There's Magic in the Stars. It was headed up by a guy named Steve Davison, who I, whose name I definitely know because this was kind of his first project for a nighttime show for Disney. But after this, he was tasked with, I mean, Paint the Night Parade, World of Color, Festival of Fantasy, all sorts of entertainment. And he was tasked for the show we're going to talk about next, which is Wishes. So um, he's just really good at like putting scores together, putting classic moments from movies together, but also giving it like a story, a cohesive story with, with new music as well. And so after this new fireworks show in Disneyland was a hit, they said, 
well, let's make a new show for Walt Disney World. Now, in Disney World, we have more room. They shoot from behind the castle, so we're able to do more. Let's make this thing epic. And we got, in 2003, it debuted on October 9th, we got Wishes, A Magical Gathering of Disney Dreams. Now, what I want to do is just talk about some of the ways that this show was so drastically different from the short seven-minute show the park had been used to for for 30 years at this point. First of all, there was a host. You had Jiminy Cricket, who's telling this story about wishes and how wonderful things can happen when we all come together and make wishes with our heart. That was something that Jeremy said, like, Fantasy in the Sky kind of lacked that emotional, cohesive telling of a story. Let me speak on behalf of Fantasy in the Sky, in defense and on behalf of... <laughs> okay. You didn't know that at the time, because you weren't used to having... We've just changed as a people, and so we ha- we, we tend to have to have everything spelled out for us. You know, in, in that time, in that time, like so long ago, Fantasy in the Sky, the fireworks over the castle with music was emotional enough because you didn't know like you didn't know like oh about fireworks telling a story and a host and all that stuff now looking back you're like well that was kind of lame but at that time i I never thought so you know what i'm saying i 100 percent agree with you in fact when i watched a video of fantasy in the sky i was actually impressed impressed with how good it was and i shouldn't have been impressed because it's still disney fireworks yeah but yeah, I mean, th- there were some original compositions of songs being used in Fantasy in the Sky. I mean, wh- where I grew up, fireworks were not set to music of any kind. So the fact that Disney still did that yeah. in the 70s and 80s, like, it was still a good show. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. So hey. what you're saying, Matt, is we had new revela- revelation that uh, we didn't know what we, what we didn't know, but now that we know it. Why would we go back? That's right. That's right. That's new new wine skins or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's why Wishes still today is so beloved because it was such a leap forward for fireworks shows at Disney parks. In fact, when Disneyland debuted Remember Dreams Come True in 2005, they took the main theme from Wishes and used it over there because it, it had become so popular in just a short time. Um, so beyond having a story it also was longer this what wishes was like what 12 minutes probably 11 or 12 minutes so it was longer than fantasy in the sky i think the fireworks were timed to the music a little bit better like when i watched fantasy in the sky it's kind of a nice score with just like random bursts like that's what i saw yeah whereas wishes like there are moments where the fireworks are in purposely shot off at the exact time when the music swells or whatever. Or one of my favorite moments is um, they played the song from Sorcerer's Apprentice and like the little red bulbs one at a yeah. time from left to right, you know, popped off. Um, one thing I read that I did not realize, I-, I can picture it after I read it, but they debuted this new Wishing Star firework. And you can picture it at the beginning when, when he says... Or when the the blue fairy says, to make a wish come true. And you see that one single flare burst off from the right side and like arch over the castle. And and it does that throughout the show. Like a couple times from the right and from the left. And that's supposed to be the wishing star. And it was made to peak exactly 100 feet right directly above the castle. Nice. 
Which, looking back, I'm like, of course that was the wishing star. Why did I not put that together? <laughs> but it's such a nice little touch. It is. And it's also funny to me that sometimes it's off. Like, <laughs> you know, the wind blows. And you're like, wait, where is Oh, there it is. You know, because it kind of is to the far left. You don't see it till it peeks behind the castle because of the way the wind has caught it. So. Well, that's true. Sometimes wishes get a little uh, delayed. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I think the only other the, the only other difference really was um, that it wasn't just bursts above the castle. Like from what I saw in Fantasy of the Sky, Fantasy in the Sky, it was your typical fireworks show where it was like, "Oh, look at that one!" Ooh, ah. Whereas Wishes, like I said, had the little red ones that came off, and it had the uh, wishing star that shot off, and then it had the I don't know how to describe them, but the ones that shot up and it made it look like a like when you're fanning yourself, you know, you have one of those fans that spread out. Yeah, like yeah. when it fans yes. out behind the castle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it was debuting just all new sorts of fireworks and the music was good. Ugh. Well, and don't don't forget that too, that Wish has really been sectioned off the fireworks too, because you had the romantic section with the heart fireworks and, and the I'm wishing section and that kind of thing too, which Fantasy in the Sky did not do. Fantasy in the Sky was just, like you said, music put to fireworks. Um, which, I, again, was, I'm sure, wonderful to see. <laughs> but I'm glad that we have Jiminy Cricket to guide us through wishes. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Jiminy Cricket kind of led you into each new section. Like, oh, don't worry. Let your conscience be your guide. And then that led into the whole villain segment. And then after that segment, he said, well, I'll be. It's the Blue Fairy. And that's when she came in to save the day and... Gosh, this show. But I, I guess we didn't say Tinkerbell was part of Fantasy in the Sky as well. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah, as far as I know. In fact, there was like a, when I, the one I listened to at the beginning of Fantasy in the Sky, a narrator said something like, legend has it that every night Tinkerbell flies over the Magic Kingdom and then right then on cue she does. I think she's flown since opening day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying from, from the very yeah. first show. But did they have to modify that for the nights that Tink doesn't fly? Well, he doesn't promise that you'll see it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> legend, legend has it. And at the end he says, oh, I guess that legend was wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, any favorite moments from Wishes? I mean, uh, I've gushed before about the Blue Fairy, how much I love <laughs> that section when she shows up and just makes everything right. I mean, also the the different characters saying what they wish for is always kind of a, an emotional gut check uh, as well. Because, you know, we, again, we're, we're all sentimental. If you're a Disney fan, you, you, you are just simply by default. And this whole idea of dreams coming true and wishes coming true. And, and then here's all these characters that you grew up with and they're kind of just stating what they wish for. And, you know, from watching their films that they ultimately get it. Uh, it's very emotional there. I personally, uh, well, I liked all of it. I really did like Wishes. I miss Wishes a lot, and I can I can talk a little bit about that later. I liked when the um, the genie appeared, and and that was one of those perfectly timed moments when about I don't know how many of those blue bursting, really loud fireworks went off in the sky when he kind of came out, and he had that whoa kind of thing that happened. They all exploded at once. Um, I liked that that moment, and then the um, the blue fairy thing at the end when the the fan fireworks shoot you, you called them, you know, go off from side to side. That's kind of got a a big uh, 
crescendo to it. What I remember most seeing it the first time is that beautiful original song where the children sing Starlight, Star Right. Mm-hmm. Which is such a, I mean, it's genuinely a, a well-written song. And as far as I know, it's only used in this fireworks show. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it sounds like it could be part of a movie in the Disney vault or something. Wishes started, what, 2003, you said? Yeah. I wonder why, what was the promotion? You happen to have that? Like, what was the thing that year? Uh, It wasn't a promotion. From what I understand is since Disneyland debuted a new one for the 45th, then over at Walt Disney World, since that was such a success, they were like, well, let's do one for Disney World and let's make this one really epic. So they kind of spent that year or two developing this whole show. Okay. But, I mean, if you want a reason, we can say it was for the 32nd anniversary. Well, I always associated it with the... uh... Walt, 100 Years of Magic, but that was 2001. So I guess it just was its own thing, which, you know, good for them. I think it was in in commemorating our invasion into Iraq. Uh, (laughs) There you go. (laughs) 10 years, that's right. Yes, exactly. Now, the castle did, like, change colors and had some minor projections. Was that new? Yes, and... um, Projections, I mean, is a is a nice word for it. They were. Um, <laughs> it was a light show, like go like gobos on on some lights, you know, like stars. And at one point, it does look like the sorcerer's hat. That was kind of cool when they had it was blue, and then they had the yellow star and um, like a moon on it. Uh, but that, other than that, no, it's it just you know, there's some textures and things. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, I I think this show broke ground for having so many different bursts. Like I read somewhere that it had 557 firing cues, which for a 12 minute show, I mean, that's a significant number of cues for each, you know, individual time a firework went off. And it had an estimated cost of $33,000. And that's nightly. Wow. So, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's a yeah. Lot. That's a lot of money. Uh, okay, so they had wishes. It was a hit. So this led to a few other smaller ones that we kind of want to talk about. So, you know, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party had fireworks as part of them. But up until this point, it was basically fantasy in the sky with maybe a Halloween tag at the end or a holiday tag at the end. Well, now that we had wishes, uh, they decided to make completely original fireworks shows themed to these parties. So we got Happy Hallow Wishes, a grim grinning ghost spooktacular in the sky. That debuted in 2005 and maybe the same year. I I don't have a year for this, but Holiday Wishes also debuted as part of the Christmas party. Which I've always found the Hallow Wishes name to be weird because it really (laughs) had no connection to wishes whatsoever other than that there were fireworks. Yeah, it's just the Halloween version of the regular show. and It was the villain's wishes. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. I, I mean, found that... it wrong because just because it starts with a W doesn't mean it makes sense. Hollow wishes? <laughs> That's where I am. Yeah. Halloween wishes. <laughs> Halloween wishes would be more appropriate than hollow wishes. Hollow wishes sounds like insincere wishes towards people. <laughs> like, hollow wishes. Like, I hope you feel better. I know that's a hollow wish. Bless your heart. 
<laughs> you know why I don't like this? It's because, and I know it's supposed to be, you know, kind of fun, scary, but it doesn't have any element of, like, dark anything. I mean, you got... I don't know that that whole medley in between in the middle. I don't really remember it that much because I've only seen it the one time last year with you, um, Derek. And I get that whole medley in the middle of like poor unfortunate. I think I lost it at poor unfortunate souls, like right where they kick in as that little poppy sounding group. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Every single song in this sounds like a group, like a four part harmony group that sang on what was that acapella show. The, the sing-off. Yeah. Yeah. Every single song sounds like it was performed by the winners of the sing-off. Well, yeah. it took me a while to come around to this show as well because, like, the doorbell thing didn't really make sense to me either until I realized it's like they're trick-or-treating, I guess, and they're showing up. Yeah, yeah. But then also, it's always interesting to me, too, when they include non-villains in villain-type things, like uh, the Huffle Lumps and Woozles song. Like, that's uh, not a yeah. villain song. Well, they still, honey. <laughs> that's about uh, as villainous as it gets in the 100 Acre Wood, so. <laughs> I mean, my nephew got scared when we got to that part of the ride. Yeah. yeah it, well, that's a little trippy. Well, that's just because he's never tripped acid before. <laughs> that's true. We all know. We all expect that. I mean, I'm tripping acid no. right now. Yeah. I consider them um, villains. So it was hosted by the Ghost Host. And like you said, it was very poppy. Like lots of pop versions of things like Poor Unfortunate Souls, the Oogie Boogie song, This is Halloween, This is Grim Grinning Ghost. So yeah, I can kind of see what you mean. It, it was more like playful than yeah. scary. But now that we're talking about it, I remember that you actually didn't watch it with me. I ditched you to go meet a character and I skipped at the fireworks because I'd seen Oh, that's that right. It was Aaron and, and Ruben and <laughs> whoever else was there. Yeah, but there you go. So that was Hallow Wishes, and then Holiday Wishes. I actually really enjoy. Um, I love that song. It starts off with "It's the spirit of the season," uh, and of course, it ends with all the dream lights coming back on. Like they dim so that way you can see the fireworks, and then as soon as the last note plays, all those spectacular icicle lights come back on. There's snow, I think, on Main Street. Jiminy Cricket hosts this one as well, so it's a little bit more magical than. Hallow wishes. And there were like projections of snowflakes and things on the castle. I love, love, love the part where it gets really soft and it says there's no place like home for the holidays. They think Jiminy Cricket says that because no matter where you are, the holidays are with you, something like that. And then it has a just one violin that plays that there's no place like home for the holidays. You know that song? Oof. And it is so pretty and so beautiful and just rips your heart out. It's so good. Mm. Yeah, the Hallow Wishes soundtrack, when I listen to it separately, it sounds just more like a teen, like a middle school dance or something. Like a Disney Channel. Like yes. Disney Channel does Halloween, yeah. No, yeah. okay, it's not that. Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's like, not. oh, I love the Haunted Mansion. Him getting good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think what they did was this is probably around the same time you know that they were developing this was right after Fantasmic success, and so they were going off of the villains and they had all that poppy uh, stuff over there at, at Fantasmic, you know the the entrance music, 
uh, with all the, you know, talking about uh, it's, it's like two thousand five. Yeah. Okay, so they were developing it sort of the early two thousands, and they just opened Fantasmic in ninety seven. So they're like, oh yeah, you know, we, people like this pop version of Disney songs, and we want the show to be more upbeat. So we don't want to just put the you know, the original versions of the song in there. I'm just I'm not I'm not saying it's right. I'm just kind of justifying how their their mindset probably worked. Just no. Well, I was just gonna say like the Halloween one just sounds like pop music, and I do get the Halloween vibe. But when I listen to Holiday Wishes on its own, like it instantly makes me feel those Christmas feelings. You know, even even apart from the fireworks themselves. Yeah. That just reminded me. I forgot one of my Disney hashtags earlier. Hashtag Disney Disney band. Uh, Kringle Motley Crew. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, real quick, I also want to mention that Disney's Celebrate America debuted in 2008. So, like I said earlier, in 4th of July, they debuted the perimeter fireworks, but it was basically fantasy in the sky with a 4th of July overlay. Well, starting in 2008 and still continuing today, they have an official show called Disney's Celebrate America. They added some narration throughout some actually good narration i really enjoyed this show when i watched it on youtube it's a great show uh there are like four different parts where the narrator comes in and introduces the next section uh, it's nearly double the length of fantasy in the sky it still has the perimeter fireworks there are better projections on the castle now that they've sort of perfected those there's a whole section of like american folk songs it ends with a whole section of songs that salute the flag like you're a grand old flag and stuff like that uh, so, yeah, definitely one of the most attended days at the parks coming up right around the corner. Mm. And this is what shows there. But the last show we want to talk about before we get to the show you you can currently see at the Magic Kingdom is a little show you might not have heard of, actually. It only ran for three years, I believe. And it was called Magic, Music, and Mayhem. And this debuted with a special party that, again, only ran for a couple years. And it was called Mickey's Pirate and Princess Party. Which this was going on the first time Jeremy and I went with Matt. So in my mind, like, this had been going on for years. But apparently that was the very first year it had debuted. You know, looking back on it, this is the beginning of Disney doing all these extra ticket, extra it cost was. things. Yeah. Yeah, basically they realized that at the Halloween parties, a lot of kids were coming up, coming dressed as pirates and princesses. So instead of waiting until Halloween time to have these things, they decided to debut in the summer this pirate and princess party, encouraging kids to come dressed up as pirates and princesses. And what's surprising to me is that this fireworks show is legit good. Oh, yeah. It's better than Happily Ever After. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know about that. But yeah, it was hosted by the fairy godmother and and then the three good fairies from Sleeping Beauty. And it also had the perimeter fireworks, which really surprises me. Because those are so impressive. They, uh, after the pirate and princess parties died, they did a special thing. I forget what summer it was. 2010. 2010, there you go. And which they were doing limited time magic for these fireworks were replacing wishes just that summer. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to see them because I never went to a pirate or princess party. And I was extremely impressed because that was the thing. Wishes didn't have any perimeter fireworks. 
so so this was being advertised as oh the perimeter fireworks you're going to want to make sure to stand up where you can see them you didn't want to be down main street too much otherwise you're not going to get the full effect and i remember kind of being there just past main street but not too close to the partner statue because if you got too close you couldn't see because the castle was looming too much but holy cow that first time those perimeter fireworks went off it was yeah like, it's something whoa i mean it just lit up the whole park mm-hmm. i love when you see pictures of someone who is over at the contemporary and they took a picture sort of towards space mountain and the castle and you see those fireworks from left to right in their in their yeah. panoramic picture it's something else yeah, I bet you'd be cool to be at uh, at the characters in Flight Balloon as well during this kind of uh, or what what is it called now? Uh, Aerofile. Aero Aero. It's file. still open though. <laughs> Dad gummit. It uh, the balloons there. <laughs> uh, okay, so real quick, just the show itself. It was hosted by the Fairy Godmother. Um, there was sort of a medley of romantic songs. King Triton and Sebastian came on, and there were some Little Mermaid songs. And then Captain Hook all of a sudden invades the show and you hear like the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Everything turns sort of red. There's lots of smoke and sort of, you know, kind of scary in a sense. Then Tinkerbell comes on. Once again, she flies and then it returns to sort of a happy ending. It plays Once Upon a Dream. There you go. Princesses and Pirates. Um, yeah. And, and I got to see this during the, the Summer Night-tastic thing too. Um, having only heard about it and seen it on youtube and stuff the most imp- first of all this show i don't know is it as long as wishes i don't think it is i think it's only like 10 minutes or so right well that i mean that's only a couple minutes shorter though to me i felt like when i saw this i was like this this is good because i for one am okay not having a story associated with the fireworks and there's a story to this don't get me wrong there's a story but by and large, it's just a medley of songs that represent princesses and love. And I think the soundtrack uh, is like Beauty and the Beast, Once Upon a Dream. And then you have the pirate side and the pirates. And what happens is the pirates in the in the story literally <laughs> like attack the castle. So if you YouTube um, Cinderella Castle blows up, you can, you can see <laughs> you can see videos of this. They kind of do a little bit of this in Happily Ever After, but not nearly the magnitude of this. I mean, it literally looked like the castle had been blown up because there were things like shooting, like like launches, like shooting into the castle. Like, not literal fireworks, you know what I'm saying? Like the little bursts. Um, and it looked like things were being launched into the castle and they had those smoke plumes going off. Mm-hmm. And it, it really looked like the castle just exploded. And then just around that time, Tinkerbell comes. And then I liked that the finale was A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. As much as I love When You Wish Upon a Star, that was a good change-up. I also love, though, towards the end of this, when the fairies are fighting. And so the perimeter fireworks, they say blue, and they're blue fireworks, and pink, and they're pink, and they go back and forth. It's really fun. Yeah, again, magic, music, and mayhem. If you have never seen this show, I and it's not as good, obviously, on YouTube, but I do recommend checking it out because it really surprised me. Yeah. I mean, they obviously put a lot of money into this, and it lasted for such a short time. Okay, before we get to the last show, I do have some breaking news. Uh, oh. Listener, friend, and also a couple of time guest of the show, Jeff Baru sent this link to us where Disney Parks just revealed when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge will open. 
and they have posted a little sneak peek video, but they have said officially that it will open in summer 2019 at Disneyland and fall, late fall 2019. December 15th. <laughs> in Walt Disney World. So are we, are we live right now, Jeff? Do you hear me, Jeff? Are you there? Uh, he's breaking up. I think we lost him. I lost Jeff. Yeah, his uh, earpiece isn't working. Yeah, he's gone. All right. Thank you for directing our attention to that. Lastly, and most recently, in fact, we just celebrated uh, the first anniversary of this show at the Magic Kingdom is Happily Ever After, and Happily Ever After is sort of a culmination of a lot of things that had been working in the fireworks show for a long time. So you have, obviously, a wonderful medley of Disney songs. Um, but kind of what we were talking about with Wishes and some of the other sure, sure shows, some of the other shows using, uh, you know, gobos and, and stencils and things on the lights to project onto the castle um, have now, you know, morphed into full-fledged projection mapping on the castle. And, and this actually started probably at least since 2009 or 10 when they started uh yeah uh celebrate a dream come true was the name of it celebrate something was it celebrate the magic or was that something different uh, I, it started with the picture thing i remember that <laughs> yes the magic the memories and you and yeah that was what it was and it was, it was supposed to show pictures of people throughout the day but it you know, didn't quite work out that way um and that was, you know, for a long time, they were playing around with the projection mapping on the castle and doing cool things with it. And um, I had been, you know, on our show since 2014, harping uh, for them to include some of this in Wishes because I'd seen Paris's show online and, and they've already had already included that in their show, their, their fireworks show. And Happily Ever After brings all that together, you know, the Disney music, the fireworks projection mapping and um, all that wonderful stuff together into one big show very much like wishes on a much grander scale it tells a, it tells a story and and more more or less like a little um what you call these vignettes than than a singular story although kind of it gets a little meta so just hang on the, the castle kind of serves as the the symbol for the adventurer because the the castle is kind of the the character if you will that's going through all of these these various things uh in the opening um they they project a a a keyhole and so the whole idea is that you are being transported into this um journey adventure if you will through this fireworks fireworks show uh, through which your imagination your dreams or whatever unlocks the door to all these various aspects of your story and your journey now it's interesting that in all the fireworks in years past it's always focused on other things whether it's just a medley of songs and wishes was just um you know about other people's wishes and things like that with you being included this one's very much directed at the person watching you know, there's. It's about the characters, but the characters are talking to you. For instance, in the first, um, in the first section, entitled "Dreams," uh, we see Tiana on the balcony of the castle, and she kind of introduces the whole thing, singing the very beginning portion of "Down in New Orleans" about the evening star shining bright and all that stuff. And so, this whole section is about 
wishes, if you will, dreams of, of various characters. Uh, Ariel, Rapunzel's in here. Is this Moana section as well? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, Remy, that's one I always, I like seeing him up there. And then this, uh, part of your world is part of this little medley. And then it morphs into Out There from Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is one of the, one of the more surprising features. And it's long, too. It's not just a, you know, a little miniature thing. Like, it, they, they trans they kind of transfer transform the castle into the arches of Notre Dame and the bell tower. And you see Quasimodo sing, swinging from rope to rope or gargle to gargle or whatever. And he's singing out there. So that's kind of like the the prologue, if you will. Dreams. We all have dreams. And then the next section, aptly entitled Journey, is started by Merida. And she says something about go chase your dreams and stuff. So this one's very adventurous in its in the, the characters it portrays from A Bug's Life. Obviously starting with um, Merida from Brave. Um, Cars is in this. The House from Up. Kind of goes floating up the castle, finding Nemo. Um, and then this one is the one that ends with... It starts with Touch the Sky from Brave. And it ends with How Far I'll Go from Moana. So you kind of transition from, you know, having your dream. And now you must go, you know, chase your dream through, through uh, this whole journey segment. And then Friendship... Um, started off by Aladdin, and of course, a friend like. Uh, actually, it starts with. Um, it starts with uh, the Tarzan song. I don't even know what it's called. Deep it up, deep it up. That one. Trash in the camp. Yeah, it starts with that, which is also. It's one of those that if you watch the opening, like if you go on YouTube and watch the opening night, uh, the premiere of this, the ones that people get excited for are these that. Um, they're like, oh, well, that's nice that they included that. Hakuna Matata, You've Got a Friend in Me, The Bare Necessities, that's what friends are for. And it ends with a kind of a jazzy version of Friend Like Me. Yeah, I think this is my favorite section because I love when the castle transforms into toys during You've Got a Friend in Me, and then they all crumble, you know, like yeah. Tinker Toys. And I also love this Trash in the Camp is included, and I love that that's what friends are for. He's got like the little uh, the wind up uvula. thing. Yeah, his uvula is the wind up thing from a toy, and he really hits that low note that I've never heard a human being hit in person in my life. Yeah, Ooh. it's cool. And what you're talking about is that the whole like face of the castle is a mouth. Yeah, like the tunnel through which you would walk becomes like a mouth, and it's very it's very very creative. The fact that somebody just sat down and said, "Let's make it do that," is I always think of that little moment as. That was that was very creative, but you know what? Like as we're talking about this, and I'm sure it'll come up later, but we've gone through like two thirds of the show at this point, and we haven't mentioned fireworks once. Isn't that funny? And that's one of the things I don't like about the show because it's so focused on the castle and the projections, for which I, you know, campaigned for for years. Um, the, the 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 fireworks are. They take a back seat. They're kind of dismissible. I mean, they're there. They they when they first kick off at the beginning of the show, it takes a moment for them to get on to have actually have fireworks. And when they come on, it's very, you know, it it's it energizes the crowd, and you can tell, ah, yeah, fireworks. Um, that with the searchlights, because the show just kind of starts like boom, there it is, and the spotlights are there, and the and the the castle's transformed. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like Merida shoots out, you know, um, 
uh, an arrow from the the castle, like on the projection, and at just kind of the right spot when it leaves the castle, uh, it a, a a firework shoots out that like is supposed to be the arrow. It's like okay. I love that, though. I mean, I said that a hundred times, but that's my favorite part. And also when Mulan sets down the cannon and you see the projection shoot off and then right as it reaches the edge of the castle, at that point, a firework shoots off. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's cool. Yeah, other than those moments, though, they're just kind of like, there's a burst and there's a burst. Yeah, I do remember the bell fireworks uh, during the hunchback scene. That's kind of cool. They're kind of red. They're green and purple, and they're they're very clearly bells, um, shaped. Yeah, but other than that, especially during this section, I can't tell you one. The friendship section, I can't tell you one burst that I remember. No, all I can picture is at the end of the section, it has like the blinking applause sign where the genies. That's. That is funny, and it's so short that you miss it. If you miss it, you missed it, but it, it's there, and it's it's cool. Features characters from The Jungle Book, Toy Story, Lion King, Wreck-It Ralph, um, Big Hero 6, Zootopia. Inside Out has a cool moment with the little memory sphere ball things that all kind of tumble down. Monsters, Inc., and Aladdin. Um, the next section is Love, and... As much as I dislike the Frozen stuff, it opens with a version of Love is an Open Door that's very tender and almost melancholy. Yeah. A little sad. And uh, the Olaf says his little thing. He introduces it, Love. Some people are worth melting for. And uh, the moon kind of fades into the distance. But then you get this wonderful medley of uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Um, and, and during that time, you see p- characters from The Lion King, um, Tarzan's Utopia, Finding Dory Up, and Dumbo. At some point, it, the song transitions to You'll Be In My Heart, and it kind of it transitions away from you know, romantic love to family love, which I thought was a wonderful inclusion. One of the scenes in there that kind of almost gets me every time is the the really small little clip of Riley and her parents from Inside Out. And they're kind of hugging. Yeah, this is the part that always gives me chills a little bit because I love that scene from Tangled where the lanterns are sent into the sky. And when it starts playing, I see the light and the castle projected onto the castle are these lanterns. I always love that part. But it kind of speaks to one of the ways the show is so different from Wishes, whereas Wishes pulled your heartstrings by, or at least it pulled my heartstrings with the original song of the starlight, star bright, and it like it built and built. Whereas this show pulls on my heartstrings because it brings back to mind moments from films that I love, like Tangled. Yeah. Like not original moments, but moments where I'm like, oh yeah, that scene. And um, I think if you remember last year when I first reviewed Happily Ever After, before I liked it for a while, uh, before I really liked it, uh, I I liked it from the beginning, don't get me wrong, but one of the things that I quickly said that I didn't really care for was that it's only, I mean, it's purely a montage of Disney songs from Disney movies, minus the the poppy uh, theme song at the beginning and the end. Other than that, 
it's it's just kind of a montage of scenes and things from Disney movies, albeit telling these stories and these little snippets, but um, still that's what it is. So yeah, that section, the love section, ends with Whole New World, and then I see the light. And then we're introduced to Adversity. And another one of those odd choices, but it works very well, is that the Emperor from Mulan comes out onto the balcony, which is, just a that's an odd choice. And <laughs> well, he comes out... It's because he has one of the greatest quotes in the Disney canon. Why don't you share that quote with us? Oh, gosh. I'm not going to get it exactly right. But basically, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful flower of all. Yeah, that's it. And then, (laughs) I mean, that's that's close enough. (laughs) Um, Mulan then appears on the balcony. And if you you look up, I think people miss this because there's not a lot that draws your attention upward. But at the top of the tower, you see Sean Yu up at the top, and um, in kind of a little homage to the moment from the movie, she sets down the little cannon firework thing and shoots it up at him, which is another one of those moments you talked about where the firework on the projection leaves the castle um, perimeter, and then a firework kind of takes its place, representing it, you know, shooting up at, at Sean Yu and, and all that stuff. Um, also, Ursula appears... Uh, kind of big, like the whole the whole uh, castle at this point kind of becomes a churning sea, and there's um, Ursula, and then that that kind of segues way into scenes from the Lion King, Aladdin, Sleeping Beauty with the um, the dragon, and then Pirates of the Caribbean, and this is where they kind of do a little bit of that blowing up the castle thing, and this is why I say the castle kind of represents the character because at this this point the castle itself via the projections is kind of destroyed and left in ruins and um that's where this whole thing comes in the narrator comes in look inside yourself and uh, oh no mufasa appears that's yeah, what it yeah. is on the castle in a moment that everybody seems to always cheer at uh, mufasa appears and right when he appears that there's a very dramatic fanfare from Go the Distance that is chills. I think that's why people cheer. Yeah. Look inside yourself and uh, remember who you are. You sound like Darth Vader. Well, it's the same person. <laughs> I know. Oh. Thank you. Uh, I didn't know that you knew. So um, that's not a, a, an attack on you by any means. Uh at, at that point, the, the castle kind of begins to reveal, re, rebuild itself. And, uh, like, section by section, this really soft version of Go the Distance begins to play with words. And there's a guy singing it, but it's very, it's very soft and slow at first. And kind of line by line, um, this tower is rebuilt and that tower, this wall. And as they're rebuilt, they take the shape of almost like a stained glass window with a character that has been represented, you know, throughout the the night, like Aladdin, Tarzan, Pinocchio, uh, kind of those are the ones that come to mind. But they're all over the the castle at this point. And if you would allow me to interpret a little bit, mm. I would say that at this point there is a religious undertone, overtone. Disney Disney Church is what I've called it. Because very clearly, out of the adversity and out of the pain and out of the sorrow, you know, true love and good and righteousness uh, triumph. And, I mean, they chose to do stained glass, you know, as like a, okay. But then there's the finale. And the finale features the the, the song, um, Happily Ever After. 
Actually, no, before the finale, before the, the happily ever after part, that's what I'm talking about with the church thing, is that the go the distance thing becomes very gospel-y. And the gospel choir comes in, and they're singing the chorus, uh, go the distance. And then it just kind of all stops. It kind of comes to an end. And everybody thinks it's over. And the narrator, I swear, if if we ever get a chance to talk to the writer or the director... You, you tell me they were not going for a church like benediction because the guy says, now go. I mean, it's like Disney church, <laughs> peace be with you and also with you, and now go and fulfill your dreams. You know, I can almost see someone, Mickey, stretching his hands towards me. Now go in the name of Walt and, and fulfill your destiny. Um, At that point, they should shine the spotlight on the partner statue because they're already pointing. Oh, yes, there it is. Receive your blessing. I receive it. And then there's the finale featuring the Happily Ever After song again from from the beginning, um, except big and lively. Tinkerbell flies at this moment, which I think is interesting to save it to the end. I love it. It's very climactic. Yes. Um, and then, I mean, it, you, you still get a wonderful finale. This is the first time, I think, in forever, the first time in forever, that that they don't turn the castle lights completely off for the finale because so much is happening on the castle with the projections. They just kind of let it go. Maybe so. But to me, this is where the, the fireworks really take center stage. At the very end. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it should be. Like, if you're going to focus on the fireworks, it should be the finale. Yeah. Yeah, so overall, it's a wonderful show. It does, it tugs on your, your heartstrings. You choke up a few times, especially if, you know, you, you're with your family or a loved one or something like that. And um, it's not a bad show. It's I personally think it's a little long. It, it, it carries on a little, and you can kind of feel that in the audience at times, that people are like, you know, the last thing you want to hear from people when it goes to a different segment is, there's more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, they redeem it at the end with the finale, and people are usually left, you know, pretty happy, but I've, I've heard that literally like every time. There's either a sigh or, like, exasperation or children, like, asking, there's more? You don't want that, and I think that it kind of airs on the long side. But it's a beautiful show. Uh, Less about the fireworks than the story and the projection and the music. And I don't know, I'd be interested interested to know how much they spent on fireworks for this versus Wishes. Yeah, I'm sure they... Well, yeah. Probably less. Um... Uh, one of the bad things about how long it is is that most of the people in the hub have been standing there for an hour already. Like, we made a point to get a spot for for it last month because I hadn't seen it since it debuted and I wanted to see it again. And the hub was already filling up an hour before, so we were like, I mean, I guess we'll hang out here. And so we did, but then by the time the show starts, like, you're ready. I mean, your legs are already starting to hurt a little bit. Um, I, I do love the show a little bit more than Wishes. Uh, I I do hate that the the uh, emotional draw of that song is gone. Like "Happily Ever After" is a great song, but it's more of like an anthem than like a pretty lullaby. Yeah. Uh, but I think why I'm okay with the fact that you see the projections more than the fireworks is that I'm just not a big fireworks person. Like I've seen a firework, I know what it looks like. <laughs> I've seen a firework before. It, well, you know, like I come for the music and the score. 
being set to the fireworks. And for me, it being set to these awesome projections is the same. It's the same difference as being set to fireworks in the sky. Whereas when I, the difference is when I watch the castle, I actually say things like, oh, that's cool. Oh, how'd they do that? Oh, I love that. Whereas fireworks, I'm like, that one was blue. That one was not, pretty. Not that you could ever take a good picture of the castle with fireworks, but you don't, there's not one time in the show when you can get the quintessential Disney World pick of the castle with fireworks behind it. When the castle is not done up in some kind of different way. I find it interesting that Disney Disney World itself, on all of its official promotions and everything, videos included, still uses just kind of a blue or turquoise, you know, or, or kind of a purpley lit castle with fireworks behind it. Because that's what you think of, but you don't get that even if you're not taking a picture or a video. You don't get that image of just there's the beautiful Cinderella castle with, you know, the the fireworks behind it. They've turned the castle into this canvas for everything else, which is very creative. And there are moments where it's really, really nice, but you do miss just the classic Magic Kingdom Disney World fireworks experience. And if they incorporated maybe just a little bit of that to where maybe the projection, if you notice about 10 minutes before the show starts, it, the projection kind of switches on, but it, all it looks like is dramatic lighting on the castle. Like it looks really, really crisp and clear and blue and pretty. And the, the, the windows are lit and things like that. And it's very nice. If they did something like that, it would be wonderful. But you don't you don't have any of those moments. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you. I think the problem is whenever Disney debuts something new, there's always going to be a part of us that misses some aspect of the thing that comes before it. Unfortunately for you, it sounds like you miss more aspects than you enjoy from the new one. But for me personally, I think Happily Ever After is just beyond. Like, it's just such a great addition to this park. And if you haven't seen it, be sure to. And who knows, maybe three years from now, we'll be talking about the next fireworks show that's coming. You mean 15 years from now? Well, I, that's why I say who knows. Like, maybe <laughs> they find some incredible... Like, maybe projections in three years will be so 2017. And they'll find some incredible new thing to do with the castle. It will literally blow up the castle and rebuild it every day. <laughs> it just shoots up from the ground again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it could happen. Anyway. All right, well, that, those are the fireworks of Magic Kingdom. Um, it sounds like we listed a lot, but as far as, like, regularly regular nightly fireworks go... Happily Ever After is only the third incarnation. So there you go. Fireworks. They're spectacular. Hope you enjoy them. Uh, if you want to tell us your favorite fireworks or your favorite moments in a fireworks show or which fireworks you miss the most, you can always reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Mad Chatters. You can follow our Facebook page. We usually respond to comments and messages on there. Or you can send your emails to comments at madchatters.net. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Take a little time to find the magic in every day. Now go. And so our journey comes to an end. But yours continues on. Grab hold of your dreams and make them come true. For you are the key to unlocking your own magic. Now go. Let your dreams guide you. Reach out and find your happily ever after. The battle
hearts, my stories, the losses and all the glory. We're changed by the way we live every day. Just look up and reach to the sky. We all have the courage to fly.